Blog Talk Radio. Talking about you with Estra, season eight, episode nine. Is democracy failing in America? What do you think? It matters what you think and what's important. Remember to use the hashtag Estra's Radio Show for your comments on what you think about democracy in America today. And also, if you find enjoyment in reading the actual articles that we talk about each day, remember to subscribe or actually support in any way that you can. In this way, individuals are supporting the freedom of the press. Otherwise, you know, Wall Street will, and they not, may not necessarily be looking out for our best interests. So you can support them by readership or subscription. Thank you for participating today. I appreciate you being here and talking about Is Democracy Failing in America? Today's two magazines we're going to talk about, and thank you so much. for. We actually talk about them. I don't actually do the full article, so if you want more details of what they're saying, please be sure to go out and read the articles and also, as I said, support uh, their efforts to stay alive. Okay, the first one is The Guardian, and the topic is America democracy is in crisis and not just because of Trump, okay? And Simon Tisdall, I think I've actually done one of his articles maybe a year or two ago. I remember his name. Um, It was an article that we did. But the, the topic says, Dark Money, Unchecked Presidential Power, and a Politicized Supreme Court are wrecking the world's flagship democracy. And it starts off by saying, this crisis of government has been building for decades. It's only now as Trump's uh, assault on established beliefs, laws, institutions, and value tests the system to destruction. The true scale of pre-existing weakness and fault lines is becoming apparent. Okay, so that's saying that we just didn't get here in Trump. In fact, in my opinion, we can look back in the last decade and talk about what Congress failed to do or blocked more than failed to do. Their actions were not to help the people, but in my opinion, to help themselves. But let me go ahead and read the next section real quick. It says, a familiar American ritual now rendered strangely unpredictable by fears of foreign manipulation and FBI investigation that could, by some estimates, lead ultimately to Trump's impeachment. You know, we're hearing a lot about that. We can see what Mueller has done in this investigation, and almost everyone associated with Trump so far is in jail or facing jail or deciding to work with the Mueller team. So who knows where this event will will end up. But one thing I hope it does do and it is to show what's really been probably going on in different arenas in our political systems for a long time. I think it's time to stop having Americans being duped and being played and being abused and taking advantage of them and not paying them a decent wage while only a few enjoy the splendors this world has to offer. In fact, most people don't want the luxurious life. They just want to be able to live decently with respect, with dignity. Okay, it says here, 
quote. Friends worried that the country's ability to sustain its traditional global leadership roles, moral, yeah, we're wondering what that is about right now, and practical, the reality of being able to get things done, is being undermined. Enemy, principally anti-democratic, authoritarian competitor regimes like Russia and China hope this is so. America, hopefully, will never become a Russia or a China. I, I mean, from from my perspective, I'm very tired of seeing made in China. I would much rather see made in America. This is what we used to do. And that, maybe that's even more authoritarian uh, issues is because of how much of the stuff that we have in this country that is made overseas, made in China, made in Taiwan, made somewhere else. What happened to America being able to make things? Oh, we can't compete. You're paying us minimum wage and you still can't compete? How much greed is it that you want? Have you ever considered putting America first? Have you ever considered putting the people first? Can't you get to the back of the line every once in a while? Must your greed feed everything on this, on this planet? I hope not. Okay, let me go on before I get into another tirade on that one. It says Trump's tariffs against China will work for our democracy. And that's the question I'm asking, not actually the article. Because who profits uh, from all of China's uh, input? It's not us. I'm sure there's a few Americans making a lot of money off of things made in China, saying that we're getting it for a cheaper price, but are we? I would disagree with that. And why would I disagree? It's being made for a cheaper price. But what has it done to our economy? What has it done to our self-esteem as a country? Who's really profiting? Okay, so I, I might have to agree with Trump with the tariffs, even though I saw the other day how China has put $60 billion in tariffs on stuff that they're sending us. But why do we have so many things coming from China? Because somebody else is making the money. There is definitely somebody in the middle between us and China who's been making a lot of money. And we're not hearing about it yet, but I hope it does come out because they're the ones we need to stop buying from. We need to buy from people who care about us and care about how we live. It's not that we don't want things from China or or exchanging. Our world is a big world, and we do do a lot of exchanges with people all around the world. And that's a good thing. That's competitive. But when we have things that are set up for just a few to make money, personally, that's a problem. And if authoritarian, authoritarianism is actually something that comes from that, we know we don't want any more of that. Okay, I'm going to go down in the article a little bit more. It says, the expanding powers that the imperial presidency is a long-recognized phenomenon and one that Congress America's primary constitutional pillar, can I hear that again? Because I think Congress needs to hear this, that Congress, America's primary constitutional pillar, America's primary constitutional pillar should be Congress. So when you go to vote in November, remember that's who you want to vote for. You don't want to vote for people who pretend to be. You want people whose actions show that they are a constitutional pillar. It says, has signally failed, I'm sorry, has signally failed to curb over the exhibit a consistently, I'm sorry, 
Let me start all over for that. It says, the expanding powers, the imperial presidency, is a long-recognized phenomenon and one that Congress, America's primary constitutional pillars, have signally failed to curb over the exit or exhibit a consistently low. How do I keep missing that? This may be one reason why Americans, according to the polling going back decades, exhibit a consistently low opinion of Congress. Okay, so there's two sentences there. I'm going to break them down, so I really broke them down the wrong way the last time. The first one is this. The expanding powers, dubbed the imperial presidency, is a long-recognized phenomenon and one that Congress, America's pillar of constitutional America's constitutional pillar has signally failed to curb over the years. Okay, that's number one. Number two is this may be the reason why Americans, according to polling going back decades, exhibit a consistently low opinion of Congress. So that second sentence, which is worth repeating again, says this may be the reason why Americans, according to polling going back decades, exhibit a consistent low, consistently low opinion of Congress. I couldn't agree more with that statement. Personally, I don't believe Trump has been our issue. I believe that it's been Congress who has not been, in my opinion, a constitutional pillar. What I would call them would not be appropriate, so I won't go there. I think you can actually just go out and do hashtag Congress hurt us to see how this Congress has failed us in that respect. All right. So members of Congress, this is back into the article, members of Congress are widely viewed as overly beholden to what? Corporations, wealthy donors, and special interests, right? So why aren't they that pillar that they should be? Because Congress is widely viewed as overly beholden to corporations, wealthy donors, and special interests. And this is what really kind of caught my eye because I hadn't really put this last section in, but I can see where this really goes. It says in the article, in other words, they are seen as corrupt. Corrupt. A corrupt Congress. What can a corrupt Congress accomplish? I suspect very little because their interests are not with the people. And those, in my opinion, who are corrupt, we need to kick them to the curb. We do not need them representing us in a way that hurts us, not helps us. It says, according to the campaign finance watchdog, Open Secrets, an overall $6.5 billion, well, how much? A dollar five minimum wage? No. It says, an overall $6.5 billion was spent by presidential and congressional candidates in 2016, enough to give every teacher in the country a $2,000 pay raise. Did you hear that, teachers? A $2,000 pay raise, which meant you would have had enough to actually supply your, your, school, your, your kids with the items they need in your classroom. A $2,000 pay raise for every teacher. And who, who was it given to and who was it spent for? It says, according to the campaign finance watchdog, Open Secrets, an average $6.5 billion was spent by presidential and congressional candidates in 2016. Amazing. And guess what it says also? It says the average cost of winning a Senate seat was $19.4 million. 
a Senate seat. So our, I guess our Congress is for sale. How much does it cost for a Congress, a Senate seat? 19.4 million. Winning a House, winning a House of Representative seat in the midterm elections will cost an average of 1.5 million at least. What does it say? Sad. And it says the need for such huge war chests effectively excludes many would-be candidates. Who? You and I. Could we bring our, our, our minimum wage amount in order to try to win a seat? Probably not. Right? I mean, we could. We wouldn't get very far because it certainly won't be close to that 1.5 million or that 19.4 million for the Senate seat. How sad. This is why we have to go out and vote and we have to change things. Because if this is what we have to deal with, it's a problem, right? Bernie Sanders got it right, right? Our $27 goes a long way individually to change a system that in many people's perception is corrupt. And the way in which it's been running, I mean, it's, it's like the fruit isn't falling too far from the tree, in my opinion, right? So we need to change this. We can't let them uh, turn our country into an authoritarian country. This is democracy. We want democracy. We don't want to have to worry about insurance companies and their lobbyists going to Congress, making it so we can't even get fair settlements and benefits after a collision or injury or ERISA benefits if it's uh, our company that we work for. That's not what we're doing. That's not who we are. That's not what democracy represents. We need to change that. We will change that in November by you choosing to vote. No, no matter what happens. And speaking of voting, the other day, uh, I guess, Georgia, in the state of Georgia, they found where two Republicans were actually running against each other, and one of the ones, they didn't even put the name on the ballot, so the other one won. Well, fortunately, a, a pillar judge in Georgia decided that he was going to make everybody do the election over. So hopefully this time, We'll make sure that Georgia will make sure at least this is a decent race. But my question is, are we prepared for races in November? Or are we going to have some more of this Georgia kind of stuff going on? So if you see something funny when you go to the, the voting polls, you post it on the Internet so we can see. State whatever uh, uh, state you're from, the city you're in. Uh, even if you have a, a picture to take of the ballot, that would be great to post it and say, look who's missing. Look who's not there, right? Or anything else that you see. My vote wasn't counted properly. Whatever you see that is wrong in the voting, uh, when you vote, you make sure you speak out and make sure that you vote. Your name's not there and it should be. You make sure you post it. I was here to take my or to place my vote, and it was not there. Where did it go? Who took it away? Let's not let the people who are sneaky and doing things that they shouldn't be doing get away with it anymore. Okay. Let's see where we are. It says, according to a recent USA Today investigation, 40% of all television ads for political candidates are financed by secret donors with private political or commercial agendas. We don't need that crap. We know that we look at something on TV on an ad and it leaves such a distaste in your mouth because that's what they wanted to do. They want you not to be able to open your eyes and see the truth. They want you to vote their way. Don't vote their way. Vote your way. Stand your way. 
Keep our democracy intact. Don't let them take away something that doesn't belong to them. This democracy belongs to all of us. And we have a right to do things the way in which our Constitution says that we can. Let's see what else is here. It says, individuals, let's see, there is, a, there is an untraceable money emanating from foreign governments or individuals via agents and lobbyists, an issue of heightened concern to the context of Mueller's inquiry into the Trump's 216 campaign. Okay, so in other words, from my perspective, if we're not careful, maybe Russia, maybe China, maybe another country might be trying to to run the um, run this country, change our democracy. But guess what? We're not having it. We're awake now. We're not sleeping. We know how to take a stand. We know how to fight. We know what is ours, and this country is ours. It's not doesn't belong to any of these people, including Congress. Congress represents us. They don't want to represent us. Kick them to the curb, yes. Okay. It says, our democracy itself is in the crosshairs. The Homeland Security Secretary, Christian Nelson, said last week when this article was written, it says, free and fair elections are the cornerstone of our democracy. And it has come clear that they are the target of adversaries who seek to, dis- who seek to sow discord and undermine our way of life. But will we let them? Heck no. We will not let them. We will not let them make a fool of us. We don't have to let anyone make a fool of us because we can choose to vote. We don't have to pay attention to what these ads say. What we can do is pay attention to what the facts are. When we hear a fact, let's keep that in mind. We hear some drama, let's kick it to the curb. We don't have to just deal in drama. If we want drama, go watch your favorite television show. That's drama. As far as an election, our right to democracy, that's in our hands. That's what we have to choose to say. And let's see, I think this is the last part on this uh, article. It says, the Supreme Court, the third constitutional pillar and proud symbol of the founding father's doctrine of a separation of powers, can it save this U.S. democracy? And it says, sadly, it seems unfortunate or unlikely. But what I say to you is this. Well, I guess I'll do the last one here on this article. Um, please go out and read this article. I found it. It's The Guardian. And the name of the article is Democracy is in Crisis and Not Just Because of Trump. Okay. But the last thing says, so what is it to be done? It says the most urgent task is to recognize what is happening? And I agree with that. What is happening? When you know somebody's trying to make a fool of you, get you to vote a certain way, use fear to make you to act and do certain things, you don't need that. Like I said, if you want that, go to the movies. Great show's on. In fact, I want to go see Peppermint. If any of you guys have seen it and like it, send me a hashtag, Esther's Radio Show, and, and let me know what you think, because I'm going to go see it too. But if I want drama, I'm going to the movies. I'm going to watch a, 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 a TV show here at home. I don't need it in my democracy. Do you? I think democracy is really in our hands, our choices, our moves. Not because we have to believe everything we're told. We all have our own minds. We all can listen to facts. We can ignore the fiction. We can tell the fiction a mile away. 
So choose that. Don't let don't let our democracy be taken away, and we become a country we don't we don't recognize just because somebody else has chosen to uh, try to fool us into things that aren't true for their interests. Certainly not ours. All right. The second article we're going to talk about is from Fox, and it says why so many Westerners feel like democracy has failed them. And uh, I, yesterday I was talking about a book. What is it? It's, it's here. It says The People Versus Democracy, Why Our Freedom is in Danger by Joe Schutz, Monk. Okay? And uh, it's, he, he has a quote here on the top, or they quote him on the top of this article. It says, our system has failed at one of the core ambitions of democracy. And I hope that's freedom. So let me get started with this. It says, after Brexit and the election of Donald Trump, a whole genre of nonfiction has emerged seeking to explain how democracy dies, that's also a book, by the way, or why Western liberalism is in retreat. The latest contribution is Yashok Monks, hopefully I'll get his name right, I guess I'll have to go out and look at it and see how to pronounce it. The People versus Democracy, Why Our Freedom is in Danger. And it says Monks' book, question. Why are citizens across the world falling out of love with democracy? And Mark argues, it's because our people are realizing that the system is no longer delivering on its core promises, and I would say core principles, namely to improve their lives and translate popular into public policy, right? So in other words, what the people really want, as we've seen Congress deny time and time again, over the last eight years, or now 10 years, they've denied the things that people want. People say, Congress, we want you to do this. And Congress does the opposite. It's because that's what Congress's lobbyists want. That's what the wealthy want. That's what corporations want. What do the people want? They don't care. If they cared, they would change it so that the policies, for public policies would be implemented and translated into legislation. For example, ensured civil rights legislation would protect all people in every state to be able to get their benefits and settlements if involved in the collision from insurance companies. Insurance companies, they don't mind taking your, your pay, your, your, your premiums, but they certainly don't like necessarily paying out benefits and settlements. And that indeed needs to change. We have far too many people hurting because of the choices that corporations are making not to do what they promise. They just put it a little something, a little note in small print saying, okay, we're going to, we're, this is how this act is going to work, okay? And it usually is not to our benefit. Usually the small print hurts. So I guess maybe that's a new hashtag, small print hurts, along with Congress hurts us. So my question is, did Monk seeing or feeling about our democracy today? If he has, send me a, hash, a note, hashtag Estra's Radio Show. I'd like to know. And Sean Illing, I want to thank you for doing this interview uh, on Vox because it really helps. And, in fact, I would recommend everyone go out and take a look at this interview. I've only pulled out a couple of them or so uh, to talk about the ones that I just thought we really needed to go over today. And then he also states, he says, Donald Trump is not unique a unique phenomenon. 
there's very similar political movements in other countries and that liberal populists have been rising for 25 to 30 years. So this has been going on for 25 or 30 years. Time we have politicians who actually use what we think are important, when that's what they've done, and they manipulate it to sound like something that will work for us, but for them is a problem for all of us. So Yasha Monk also says, quote, people no longer feel that the political system is actually delivering for them. I think there are three primary drivers for the rise of populism. One of them is the stagnation in living wages or living standards for ordinary people. Let me say that again because I think that is the root to a lot of this because of greed by a few people. It says, one of them is the stagnation of living standards for ordinary people. From 1935 to 1960, the living standards of the American people doubled. And from 1965 to 1985, it doubled again. Right? And then what happened? Somebody lost their mind. To me, it was Congress. Congress forgot why they were in Congress. It says a lot of the discontent is driven by economic concerns, but the form it takes is cultural or racial. Some of these countries were always multi-ethnic, but they also had clear racial hierarchies in which some people had advantages over others. But that time is coming for change, right? Like people aren't willing to sit in the back seat of the bus anymore, right? Equality is something that was promised to all of us in America, and that's what we need to keep in mind, that it shouldn't be decided on our skin tone. It should be decided on our intellect and our willingness to get things done in a fair and just way. And that also includes in our, our um, justice system. So many people have been used and abused and taken advantage of just because of the color of their skin. So it's time for all of us to make sure that democracy in America stays alive and moves forward and doesn't go back in time. Let's see, I think there's another. It says some of these countries, okay, were always multi-ethnic, but they also had a clear racial hierarchy in which some people had advantage over others. Let's stop that one. We need to live up to our ideals. But a bunch of people feel they have something to lose because of it. Do you think they're right? I hope not. I hope that you believe that everyone deserves a fair share of everything. That we can't just decide that one set of people should do this because of their skin tone or their social economic status. We're coming into that today where they're saying, okay, there's only going to be a few jobs and you guys at the bottom, oh, well, just starve. Personally, I find that very offensive. I would say that the top who's been eating more than their share of food chill out and give a fair wage to the people at the bottom. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope that you've got a lot of food for thought through this process, that you realize that democracy will only die if we let it. And we have to choose to go to the voting booth and say, we want people in here who are going to do right by America, not right by themselves. So thank you so much for today. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. It's already Friday. I can't believe it. We could have stayed on a lot of these topics for months, but that's okay. We're just scratching the top of things right now, and we'll get to the bottom. 
Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy your day. Keep your head up to the sky no matter what you face. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye now.